gather around friends, new and old, and welcome to the Campfire Collective Podcast. I am your host, David, and I'm joined by my other two hosts, Jenny and Philip, and we are here. It is Oscar week, and I'm Ooh. excited. Yes. So, guys, how is your how is your uh, mission to watch all the movies going? Philip, how about you? <laughs> Me, uh, I have not extended past what I've organically seen. I've, I This week, I will really hunker down and proactively go see movies in um, – in 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 my own very special private eye way, uh, the movies that I have not seen that are not available via streaming, I will find a way to watch them. But uh, but I, I it isn't until this week that I go and um, things that I just wouldn't have naturally seen organically throughout the rest of the year. And Jenny, well, I do have to come clean. I have not seen I I have not seen the majority and. Honestly, any of the Oscar-nominated movies. You, know, you haven't even seen Elvis. <sighs> no, I thought you'd have at least seen Elvis. That's been out for several months. You know, I'll be honest yeah. with you. I the majority of the if I have time to sit and watch something, I'm either reliving an old show that I loved growing up, or a movie I loved growing up, or I'm absorbing new horror movie content. So, for those mm. who, listeners who don't know, um, I am a huge horror movie geek that's what i like to geek out on so if i'm spending any time watching anything that's new it's most likely in the horror genre there hasn't i mean in general though i haven't had any time to watch anything yeah i'm not just making excuses it's just i genuinely haven't had time to watch hopefully maybe maybe just maybe we might review one of the, the whoever wins best picture and then we'll have to force you to watch at least one of these movies. Okay. Uh, any fun stories from the week, guys, before we move on to the main topic? Well, I have a, a fun little announcement. I'm going on a Ooh. mini vacation next week. Hey! Hey! Yeah. Congratulations! <laughs> Thank you. It's been, it's been a little while since I've traveled out of the state, so I'm getting very pumped for it. My boyfriend and I are going to go travel to Vegas for two days. Ooh! Mm-hmm. Las wow. Vegas, go Nevada. Nevada. I have a show recommendation for you, though. That <gasps> you might be do? really expensive. I do, yeah, but I'm going to give it to you off air. Okay. Right. Well, I mean, if there's nothing else, I mean, oh, I, I do want to say I was sick again uh, this past what? week, Philip. I know. No. I know. It's unbelievable. You I got to build up those antibodies, man. Six days in a row, and then I was on, I was going to work that day as well. And if I had, I would have made it to nine days in a row. It, it was Jeez. a lot. Anyway, let's move on because we got a lot to talk about. We are uh, having a fun topic today. It's our it's our yearly self indulgence, as we've come to to talk about it. It's the yearly Oscar spectacular, and uh, this year we thought that we bring a very special guest. Indeed, uh, I have had the privilege, honor, time, credit score, uh, you know, everything to uh, go and uh, and see my uh, my famous and. Uh, and a regular visitor now to the pod, now with his third appearance, Professor Professor Fortunato, who uh, who discusses film with uh, ASU still, and uh, and so we thought it'd be uh, best to bring on the expert, so to say, the expert uh, of all things film, while we talk about the five ma- well five of the major categories, five of the major yes. categories, and yeah. you know what, I might if we have time just dip into uh, the the supporting actors as well. But for now, we are going to be addressing 
five categories. The main the main categories that we chose that we thought were the most interesting to you, the listener, as well. We got best picture, obviously. We got best director, best actor, best actress, and last but not least, best animated feature, which is always an exciting moment in the Oscars. Who's <laughs> going to win best animated feature? Professor Fortunato, have have you seen most of these movies? I've seen all of the best pictures. Okay. Um, most of the acting nominations and half of the animated ones. Well, fair <laughs> enough. All right, cool. So you're at least, uh, at least well informed on most of those categories. So, uh, how are we approaching this topic? We are essentially going to give a little preview for each one. And then, uh, Jenny is our resident going in blind host here. Hi, I'm going in blind. <laughs> and so she's got some, uh, how would you put it, Phil? Tasteful, How did you put it? Yes, I <laughs> I would say uh, she would have some tasteful takes from a talented uh, audience member who has never seen or not seen many, many, not all of them, but many of the films that we have listed within the categories uh, that ensue. So what we will do is we will attack each category that we are going to uh, take on and we will first preface it with a viewpoint and a synopsis from a person who has seen the movie, from one of the representatives from within the field of whatever category it is. That would be David's take, David's synopsis. And then Jenny, who has not seen uh, many of the films within each category, will also give a 10-word synopsis from one of the nominated films within the category. And it is up to me and the professor, we'll do, just to give us a, a fun run-in, we'll choose which movie we would see. The actual film that is nominated or the one that Jenny has provided for us. So, for the first category, we will be discussing the best director. But within that film, within that category, I should say, the movie is Tar. And the title is Tar. So, David. Tar. Yes. T David, give us your 10 words or less synopsis of the movie, Tar. <clears throat> Power. Listen, uh, 10 words is not a lot of words, okay? It's not. Power corrupts as classical conductor abuses the impressionable consequences okay i i think that's a fair uh fair synopsis you've seen of it. it you've seen it i have so, not seen it i have not seen it but would you say how the hell do you know because i've heard i've heard about them I, I keep within the the realm but professor would you say that that's a fair summary i would yes all right jenny what was your synopsis a 10 words or less synopsis of the word of the movie title tar well, I got a little creative with this. I just want to preface that. I didn't know. I was exploring a bit of comedy with this opportunity. So Absolutely. According to Jenny, all the movies nominated this year are comedies. Yes. <laughs> okay. The lives of star-crossed lovers Joyce and Ben changes forever when they stumble upon an underground factory and a new up-and-coming product that will shake America's kitchens forever. Ooh, ooh! A comedy within the within the kitchen. That wasn't Sound. ten words long. Why did I, was I say that for myself to ten words? Ten words. As the guys know, when I write, I am wordy as heck. I can't. I was help struggling. Like, I was counting the words. I'm like, damn it, that's twelve. Oh uh, well, there we go. There we go. I guess David, you know, you do since you have material to 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 digest. You know, you can go less. Yeah. Okay, so All professor, right. who gets your vote? Which movie would you rather watch? I gotta be honest, I'd rather see David's movie. I What's it got I, to do with tar? I was expecting something about a tar monster like from Scooby Doo. I kinda was too. 
my brain was going that direction. And I was like, no, there's got to be some like underground thing happening where someone's making this new. My brain went to like Soylent Green. I was like, what is what oh. is this mysterious thing that could be made huh. underground that will change the world? But so that's where my brain went. Right. I think I will leave the moving and shaking to Gordon Ramsay and I'll stick with the actual film, David's rendition of, of the film. I think that's probably my uh, pick as well here. So so uh, on the first uh, one, we go with the actual film. So way to go. It's a it's an actual nominated film. Way to go. Best director. The nominees are The Banshees of Inshiran by Martin McDonough. Everything Everywhere All at Once by Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. Um, the Fablemans, of course, our favorite, Stevie Spiel- Spielberg. Tar, Todd Field. And Triangle of Sadness by Ruben Oostlin. Uh So, Jenny, having not seen many of these, who would you who would you have as your pick to win Best Director? For have you film? seen any of them, Jenny? Um, I'm taking a look at the list here. And my answer is no. I have not seen any of these. I've seen wow. bits and pieces of Everything Everywhere, and I've seen bits and pieces of Banshees. But it wasn't enough information for me to be able to understand what's happening in the movies. So who's going to win, Jenny? Who do I think (laughs) is going to win? (laughs) Honestly, knowing how much hype everything everywhere all at once was getting, I have high hopes for that one. I would also say Fablemans. But I these are the movies that I know. I'm just just taking a wild guess because I know that there's... The other ones. I would have to see the other ones to give a proper opinion or sure. at least have a little bit of knowledge. But that's my gut. Either everything everywhere or yeah. uh, Fablemans. I will pick as I will piggyback off of uh, Jenny as well. Uh, I've seen most of these. I've not seen Tar. I've not seen. Uh, oh, I've seen the others, actually. So Tar is the only one I have not seen. Excuse me. But out of the ones that I've seen, I think everywhere, everything, everywhere, all at once is wholly unique. I think the d- directors uh, are certain the Daniels, as they're known, Daniels uh, have certainly made the movie uh, that is completely and wholly unique. And I, I think that without them, I think it does it is rife to fall apart. I think it's a very specific film. I think that direction is is pivotal in this. Um, of course, Steven Spielberg, that's a, a legacy film. I think that it'll it'll be looked back upon fondly. But I think uh, Daniels uh, for everything, every all at once is my favorite. Uh, Professor, let's go with you uh, in this category. What, what are your thoughts? Uh, do, who's the leaders? Who was there anybody that you thought did a horrible job in the in the nomination? Somebody perhaps that was missed out. What just uh, thoughts, if you would? Well, first of all, I'm looking at a, a list. Thank you, ABC, that does not include the names of the directors here. So uh, I'll just reference oh, the films. Yeah. <laughs> a ballot. This is the official ballot from ABC that oh I will be God. using at my Oscar party. But anyway, I digress. My sentimental favorite is Spielberg for the Fablemans. Uh, as some of the listeners may know, I, I teach a Spielberg class. Uh, he's my favorite director. I think that there is a, uh, not that he needs a lifetime achievement kind of award, but I, you know, I think the, the direction is, this is his, you know, the, the, the Academy is like, this is his sort of biographical film that sort of, you know, summarizes his career, so to speak. Uh, and I think they'll give him the nod. I don't know who won the DGA award. That That's usually significant, actually, in terms of who wins. You know, I think they're all strong candidates uh, for, and I think that kind of generally with all the movies this year, Yeah, there's a few outliers that I didn't think were as good as a lot of people did, but um, I still recognize what was good about them. And this directing category, I'm thinking of Triangle of Sadness. I'm not really sure that's the, you know, if I was going to sw- switch out one, it would probably be that one. 
But I think the Fablemans will win. Philip, I agree with everything you said about everything, everywhere, all at once. But uh, I'm, I'm going to stick with Spielberg on this. Okay. David, I your actually thoughts? think uh, Triangle of Sadness was is, is not the one I think is going to win. Let me be clear. But I it's actually my favorite for this category. I, I just think it, it's one of the... It's who would get your award. Yeah, I think so. It... it it's a very u- a unique way of telling a story and a story that has um, has a sort of lasting message or at least it has a lasting impression on the viewer. And I think that that's, uh, that's success as a director. But I do think that Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Daniels, I think that film has all the, the, the hallmarks uh, of... Uh, to impress the masses of the Academy, you know, the, 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 the many members of the Academy who vote on these things. I think that that film is just, it's, it's got the wow factor and it's got, it's, it's unique. And I think that that, that, that is the one that I would pick to win if I was betting money. Hmm. So, See, that's the wild card. I think not just this category, but the whole, the whole event this year is everything everywhere all at once. I agree it's the most, I don't want to put words in your mouth, I don't know if, if you said the most innovative, but it's it's certainly the yeah, the, the one that's that. going to be sort of remembered as the showiest of this, this yeah, field. Yeah, certainly. And I think that that matters. But I think, but I think that that's going to split the Academy members because the older members, I think, are not going to get it and going to, you know, there's going to mm. be some love-hate. I think, so, you know, and, and it's really going to get groundswell with some of the other awards. I mean, We'll talk about this with actors, but you know the SAG Awards kind of swept uh, everything, everywhere, all at once, yeah. and and so I think some of the the younger viewers or or, or younger voters, I mean, um, might be swaying in the direction you're saying, but I'm not sure about the voting members who are older. Now, maybe I'm just being ageist, and that's not fair, but uh. <laughs> no, it, it's true. I mean, I, I know within my own personal realm, many times I've I've recommended the film. There is certainly an age gap because whenever you try to sell somebody without even seeing the film. Oh, what's the movie about? That is a tough sell. It's it's a real tough sell too to go to an older person rather than younger kind person. Of hard you're just to like, even explain. It is hard to explain. You just sell multiverse of madness, but no Doctor Strange. <laughs> well, so, I mean, I'm I'm older than all of you. I'm not old old, but uh, you know, my my take on that, and I, I'm going to revisit it at some point and, and and see if I feel differently. But my take has been, and I still maintain this, is uh, it's a film I really respect, but I didn't hmm. love. Hmm. So I wonder, you know, if that's where older viewers might skew. That's fair. Uh, and, and good summary. Uh, okay, guys, next category, which is going to be completely out of uh, out of the realm of where we will finish the the rest of the film, uh, the rest of the uh, episode on. But uh, we're going to go more family friendly, I suppose, here. And for all, for the majority of these, uh, best animated feature film. So the film that will be representing the category in our synopsis will be the Sea Beast. The Sea Beast. David, give us the 10-word synopsis as you wrote it for The Sea Beast. In 10 words, or less. Yes, yes. (laughs) Hunters confront the largest ocean beast, but was fear misplaced? Mm. So now, I'll be honest, I have not seen this. Sounds like a great synopsis. Professor, have you seen The Sea Beast? I have not. Um, It's sort of on my list whether I'll get to it before next week's Oscars or not. I'm not sure, but... uh... Got it in my queue. Okay, so that's one take on it. The actual film, which is intriguing. Jenny, give us your extra credit, 10-word synopsis on uh, on the sea beast. <laughs> extra credit. Well, okay. 
Spark notes. Yeah. Fifth grader Lewis discovers he can telepathically move items that start with the letter C. He, he learns about friendship and what it means to be a caped crusader. Okay. Uh... <laughs> For my vote, that, I like that it was not the uh, the obvious one. This was a nice little twist. This was nice. This was innovative. I like it. I am going to go with Jenny's film. Professor, which oh. film would you rather watch? Um, I'd still go with David's, I think. I will say this. I like the way, and I don't know if he'll continue this, but I like the way he ends his synopsis with a question. <laughs> And an implied <laughs> question. Yes. That's, that's, good, that's good pitching. I'm trying so. not to give spoilers, you know? Yeah. I, I, want it, I want it to get you thinking, like, ooh, maybe I should see this movie. Well, we talk about that in, in, in screenwriting, so, I mean, that's a good pitch. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah I think if you're, if, you're, if you're sort of writing the, the, I don't know if trailers have scripts. I've never made a trailer before, but if you're writing a trailer <laughs> script, you want it to end with a question, I think, or at least in the mind of the, the viewer. <laughs> well, let's get to the actual field. Here we go. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Of course, we do need to specify Guillermo del Toro's because there's been seven. We talked about this off, off air, but there are like seven different Pinocchios within like the past couple of years. It's it's incredible. Not each one incredible. I think it just incredible. became, uh, or some something, maybe it just became... Copyright free, what's the word? Like free free use? Yeah, copyright free use, yes, absolutely, yes. Maybe Uh, that's that's, what happened, I don't know. Maybe, who knows. Uh, Next candidate would be Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, The Sea Beast, which we've already heard of, and Turning Red. Now, Jenny, have you seen seen any or many, if any, of these? Animated films. Okay, so I have seen, so the most that I know about personally is Turning Red, my gut is telling me that Turning Red is a top contender compared to these other guys, or it would be um, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. For me, I've seen uh, the majority of these. Uh, I've seen about four of them. I've seen uh, Marcel the Shell, Puss in Boots, and uh, Turning Red. I've seen three of them, excuse me. Uh, I have not seen Pinocchio, which is the favorite, the odds-on favorite to win this, and I have not seen The Sea Beast. However, that being said, it does feel like um, if, when you look at the history of this category, this specific category, it's dominated. It's absolutely just just completely owned by Disney slash Pixar. Next would be DreamWorks and then far, far back or, or any other contender. So the major studios do have a stranglehold on this particular category, which would lead me to believe Turning Red actually still stands a chance, even with Pinocchio's strong critical acclaim. I will go, hopefully, hopefully, Pinocchio and another win for Netflix as a, as a as its own business and streaming venture, but um, but there is a beware beware of turning red. It, it will have a strong promotion. David, where do you go in this category? I've seen them all. Spoiler alert: I've seen all the movies in all the categories. Categories we're going to talk about. That's right. I've seen all of these. Pinocchio. I mean, I'm not surprised to learn that it's the favorite. I thought it was a movie with no point. I don't know who its audience is. <laughs> I, I, I truly don't. I, I don't think it, it's suitable for children. Like, I don't think children would enjoy it. And I don't think that there's anyone out in the real world, outside of film festivals, you know, film critiques and film connoisseurs who would actually look at this movie and enjoy it. I found the, the, the voice acting to be incredibly irritating as well. So oh, I dang. did not like it at all. Are you saying the voice Marcel- acting? Are you saying the voice acting for the entirety of the cast, or for the majority of the cast, Pretty or much just the entirety Pinocchio? of the cast? Okay, okay, especially Pinocchio. Mm. But 
pretty much the entirety of the cast. Wait, isn't this the Pinocchio where Evan McGregor is voicing uh, no. Jiminy? Oh, okay. I was no. going to say, I was oh, like, yes, are you is. dissing no, yes, Obi-Wan no, Kenobi right now? It is. He was possibly the only one who didn't irritate me, <laughs> to be honest. Good, yes, good. that was that was the the same one. Marcel the Shell is a wonderfully unique film. I, I was pleasant. I had no information going into it. I literally watched it today, uh, and it, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised and I enjoyed it. It was it was a weird kind of concept. It treads a, a fine line between live action and animated, but but yeah, I I enjoyed it. Puss in Boots, great classic. You know, it's DreamWorks. Oh, you finally watched? Yes, yes. I've seen them all. I've seen them all. Yes, like, I'm so excited. Puss in Boots, I Puss love it. Puss in Boots, tremendous animated movie. The anim the animation style itself was very oh. very cool. I think it changes depending on whether there's a fight scene happening or not. Uh, the characters were dynamic and interesting and and. I think that there's something in there for adults and for children, and I think that's where where animated movies shine. Uh, the Sea Beast was kind of n nothing too special, but it was fun, you know, fun animated movie. Uh, also a nice message, kind of predictable. And then Turning Red was like this Gen Z aimed inundation of stimulus. Like I just, it was bright colors, blah blah blah. I, I just, it was a little much. Especially for someone who's not, uh, uh, I would I wouldn't consider myself part of the TikTok generation. I'm I'm just above it. So um, <laughs> so that one was a hard one for a hard sell for me. I, I watched it and the first, especially the first twenty minutes were kind of painful, painful. But I mean, it, it's it's a perfectly fine movie. But my favorite for sure, I think, would is between Marcel the Shell and Puss in Boots. I I would I would say that I, I would say Puss in Boots. I think it just has everything. I hope that you Puss want from an animated wins. movie. I certainly hope Puss in Boots wins. Uh, Professor Fortunato, out of the ones you've seen, which one do you, do you find to be your favorite, if any? Well, I've only seen two of these, uh, okay. Pinocchio and Turning Red. So, you know, I'm kind of shooting in the dark here a little bit. You went to like uh, so both extremes. My... You went to like arti artistry and then you went to, to like the, what did David say? The inundation the, of uh, the, the Gen Z, yeah. the TikTok well, generation. It was the most accessible because they were both streaming. Um, yeah. So Seabeast uh, uh, does too. But uh, uh, anyway, um, so my practical sense is more like who's going to win. And I, I, I can't imagine the Academy not giving it to Guillermo del Toro because of his name, frankly. I mean, he's also been promoting the film. He's literally been, you know, put his na own name in the title. Put his name in the title. <laughs> he's been going off on this, you know, animation is cinema, you know, kind of kind of uh, thing. Not for nothing. It also includes like a half hour documentary on not Netflix about the making of it, which was really amazing. Uh, and that kind of sold me on it a little bit. So I don't know how many people saw that. You know, and I love stop motion. Um, in fact, when I was watching it, I'm thinking, how much of this is stop motion? How much of it is other things? And the, the documentary kind of helped me with that a little bit. But I thought it was pretty innovative. I don't disagree with, with, with what's already been said about who's this for. I didn't think it was that great of a movie. I'm talking pretty much strictly on, on uh, the animation quality itself or the innovation itself and the fact that... Um, it's Del Toro. It is kind of interesting in, in if you look at it from an adult perspective that it's sort of dealing with fascism and stuff. But I, yeah, I don't think it's for kids. It's not a kids award. So well, anyway, I'm going with Pinocchio for uh, you know some just practical reasons what, uh, how I think the Academy will do it. Turning Red, I didn't think was you know was a real strong Pixar entry. Uh, I didn't hate it, but I didn't certainly didn't love it. There was you know a few representation things that was I thought were a little problematic. In fact, I got 
I don't want to get into politics here, but I got into an argument online about that with someone who accused me of being old and out of touch. And I'm like, eh, I don't think that's true. But uh, uh, anyway, um, there, I guess there's my my take. Complete side note, I wonder why animation is the, <clears throat> excuse me, animation is the category for which directors find themselves tagging their own name to it. If we look at Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Tim Burton's A Nightmare Before Christmas, like that always, you never see, you never see uh, that in, in a lot of live action films. So. Well, I mean, was there ever another A Nightmare Before Christmas? Because I know. Pinocchio, I know. there's been many. At, at least. Le- it makes a little bit more sense with uh, yeah. with Pinocchio, but I, I digress. All right, guys, All right, the next let's category. Let's the acting. Absolutely. Uh, let's act around. Best actor in a leading role. The representative upon which we will have a synopsis for this one is Living. Of course, this is uh, Bill Nye's uh, re- uh, uh, acting uh Coupe de Resistance, and uh, and it's in his version of film version of Living. So, uh, David, ten word synopsis, please. Elderly man journeys to give life meaning at its end. Oh, okay. Uh, Jenny, what is your working synopsis and pitch for the movie Living? I actually wasn't too far off on this one from writing Ooh. completely blind. Filmed during COVID, actor Anthony Hopkins documents the rebuilding of one li- one's life through tragedy from the caged comfort of his living room. That wasn't 10 words, I know. But I just wanted to acknowledge the fact that I, w- I was pretty close on yeah. guessing you know, I what could the imagine, general idea was. Go ahead. I could imagine that two two writers were pitching the same the, to mm. the same studio who wanted a certain type of movie. And one was the movie that was made, and that was with Bill Nye, and it's called Living, and one was your movie. (laughs) Definitely in the same kind of realm. All right, uh, Professor, you've got two similar movie pitches. Did one sell you more, though? Um, I feel like I'm picking on Jenny. (laughs) uh, (laughs) She kind of lost me at COVID. I'm like, I don't want to see that. Yeah. (laughs) And I kind of like the way, like I said, I like the way uh, David pitches his, his stuff. They weren't. Neither of those were were terribly innovative uh, synopsis. But uh, well, look, you got to stick to ten words. It's yeah. this can be tough. No, yeah. I'm going with uh, David again. Sorry, Jenny. Uh, <laughs> I'm picking on Jenny. That's, by the way, that's the only one I didn't see. So ah, you know, okay. I can't even compare it to reality. Although I, I know what the film's about, but I hadn't seen right. it. Uh, I'm picking on Jenny as well, but in the in the truest form of the of the sentence, I will be choosing Jenny's. I've I love anything and everything Anthony Hopkins. Give me give me a full film of that. So that's what sold me. And when you have a a, a pitch and then a, an actor tied to the to the film, and that's Anthony Hopkins, I'm I'm listening. I will go with Jenny on this one. All right, guys, let's get to the actual nominees here within the best actor in the leading role. We're looking at Austin Butler for the film Elvis, Colin Farrell. For the Banshees of Inisherin, Brendan Fraser for The Whale, Paul Mescal for After Sun, and Bill Nye for Living, which we've already heard a synopsis of. Jenny, uh, out of uh, out of this category, how many have you seen, and which one would you say would win? So I've heard nothing but amazing things about Brendan Fraser's performance. My gut is very focused on him winning the trophy. I've also heard really good things about Colin Farrell. He always delivers in movies. I especially, I mean, it's not on the list, of course, but I partic- I've just, I can't stop thinking about his performance as Penguin in the Batman movie. It was a complete transformation. He, it was legendary. But this Truly. is about, it's not about Batman, it's about Banshees. <laughs> so my gut <laughs> is going to either uh, Brendan or Colin. 
I have seen three of the uh, the ca- movies listed within this category. That those are Elvis, The Whale, and The Banshees. Look, I'm not, I'm not going to be completely innovative here. The Brendan Fraser, the Renaissance Bren- is alive and well. It is whale. Uh, I will go with Brendan Fraser here. Uh, if you have not seen it, it is completely just it, it. It takes you a moment, but a moment to realize, okay, this is what I'm in for. This is Brendan Fraser as as uh, with heavily within the prosthetics that he's uh, limited to, and then you get lost in the character that he creates. Um, it's completely viable, completely believable. Brendan Fraser gives a Possibly, possibly a, a performance of a lifetime. Uh, I would give it to Brendan Fraser. And again, nothing, uh, nothing revolutionary in, in commentary here. Uh, Professor, what? Uh, where would you go? Well, like I said, I didn't see uh, Bill Nye in Living, um, so I'm, I've got a blind spot there. But uh, again, I'm sort of going chalk on this one too. And uh, mm. Brendan Fraser in The Whale is at least you know the Academy's changing a little bit, but at least typically it is a line drive down the middle kind of performance that you know it's sort of a comeback role it's a very showy performance not for nothing you know on the award circuit his speeches have been great and emotional the academy wants to see that on the show um you know i mean i think of these things it's not all about what the performance is i thought the performance was a little bit over the top um but but it is very very strong. I didn't think the movie was all that great, and and but that also elevates his performance sort of above the the rest. So I I, I definitely think Brendan Fraser is gonna gonna take it home. I want to give a shout out to Austin Butler though because I didn't love the movie Elvis, but he was great, and 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 actually then having sort of seen him, you know, just like hosting SNL and and just doing other stuff, he, you know, he's very, he was very different from Elvis. And so, you know, there was more acting there than I think I even realized. I want to, uh, not that we're being negative here, but I don't get the love for After Sun. <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like the movie. Little, I mean, I, again, of all of these movies, I respect what they were trying to do. So it's not like I didn't get it. I just like, it was a little, just not my cup of tea. I didn't see that as a best performance at all. You know, let alone in the you know the top categories here. So, uh, sorry, I see David shaking his head at me. I was going to say, uh, Professor, you and I agree. We agree to the fullest on this. I watched it uh, yesterday. It was it was one of the last movies amongst all the major categories that I had not seen. I, I don't want to interrupt you if you had more to say. No, I, I'm pretty much wrapping up, and I didn't want to be right, negative yeah. to one of the actors, but Look, uh, I, I just had I don't no get problems. the love for that film. I don't. I had no problems with Paul Mescal's performance. Agreed. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just there's not much there. You know, it's just it didn't feel like much. The totally movie agree. doesn't feel like much. The movie itself lives on one line the whole way through. It's an hour and totally a half of, of one energy, and that's all. And it and you, you're waiting the whole time for it to pack a punch, for it to to build to something, and it 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 just mm, doesn't. You know, it just sort of just. I, I'm gesturing a lot right now, and I know this is an audio. Format. medium but yeah. it just like it just cannot get to anything that you know like i, I was bored i was just bored uh, so that one agree. that one truly feels unearned uh and no disrespect to paul uh, i just think maybe one day there'll be something i just i couldn't imagine that winning um and bill nye unfortunately i couldn't imagine that winning either colin farrell an amazing movie a great performance but i think it's between austin butler and brendan fraser I know that the Academy in the past has been really keen to just give it to who's playing the, the, the muse, the, the, you know, legendary musician who had a history of drugs and blah, 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 who had a tough life. Who's doing that this year. Okay. We're going to give them the Oscar. I mean, it happened with, with Rami Malek and, um, 
Jamie Foxx for uh, Ray Charles. Ray, Jamie Foxx for Ray Charles. Um, what's her name uh, for uh, Jennifer Piaf. Hudson? I um, know oh, she didn't win. Cool Miner's daughter. Yeah, it's yeah. just Walk happened so many times. Right? Yeah, it's, yeah. What's it? her name? Is Mar- Marion Cotillard? Yeah, she Cotillard. won for Edith Piaf. Yeah, Cotillard. She, she, it's just happened to many times. So I could imagine Austin Butler winning, but I think the the story is just too good with Brendan Fraser and his comeback, and I think it's so inspiring. And I do think it was an amazing performance. So I, I hands down, that's my favorite. And I do think it w- he will win. Yes. Uh, and I will die if he doesn't. I just love that man so much. He was such a huge part of like my favorite movies when I was growing up. Were the like some of my favorite movies were the Mummy movies and and George of the Jungle. I mean, I love that man. And you know what? He actually spent two years at the the high school where I went. He was there when he was a bit younger than high school. He was there for two years in the Netherlands. Here, he he went to that school for two years um, when that. he was like eight or nine or something like that. The connection stays strong. Yes, he's he and I are one. Yes, the Renaissance lives on in Hoffman's soul, and we will be championed by him. Best actress in the leading roles. Our next category, guys. Let's uh, let's cut down our time. We are running a little long. Uh, next one. The next title that we are going to be synopsizing, if such a word exists. David, give us the ten word synopsis for Blonde. The trauma and struggle being Hollywood's most idolized woman. That's as much as I could do in 10 words. <laughs> Jenny. Honest, I kind of knew already what Blonde was about. So unfortunately, my synopsis kind of came out sounding similar. This might be weird phrasing. A wo- one woman climbs Hollywood's career ladder by adopting and exploring the bombshell stigma. Uh, it's it's similar, but I, I didn't do very well with writing that I mean, one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I think we'd be nitpicking and and uh, everything. So we'll just get to the actual category as they're both pretty much the same, and that is we're talking about, of course, the bio. Uh, I was going to throw Jenny a bone on that one, though. So you know. uh, uh, okay, so there we go, I, Professor. I on record. <laughs> okay, Professor will go with Jenny. I would go with David. That way, we're giving each other uh, we're giving each other credit, credit for everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll go back to you, Jenny. Uh, for the category of Best Actress in a Leading Role, we have Kate Blanchett for Tar, Ana de Armas mm-hmm. for Blonde, a po- podcast favorite, Ana de Armas, mm-hmm. need I say. Uh, Andrea Riseborough uh, to Leslie. Andrea. Oh, yeah, Andrea, excuse me, Andrea Riseborough for uh, the movie To Leslie. Michelle Williams for her performance within The Fablemans. And Michelle Yeoh for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Jenny. Where who would you give the award to? I understanding that you have seen a limited amount of these films. Um, I would well I haven't I heard that Blonde itself, the movie, was terrible, but Anna Darmus was spectacular in the in the material she was given. Like she apparently she was knocked out of the park. Um there was also uh I've heard nothing but amazing things about Michelle Yeoh's work, uh, in Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, my pick would either be Ana de Armas or Armas or uh, Michelle Yeoh. Mine, I think, in any uh, in any other year, without the uh, the rise of popularity and the wave of of um, the wave of voting that is has come with it, I think normally, um, and also with the history that she has, I think Kate Blanchett would be the favorite in this category had she not already won. Had uh, had it been not going against everything everywhere all at once and that momentum it's writing, so I think it's going to be Michelle Yeoh. Uh, who wins this award? I think it's certainly it, it's definitely a great it's a great performance. 
Honestly, I think who I would give it to, because uh, I haven't seen Tar, but I, I do hear about Kate uh, Blanchett's performance. I would give it to Michelle Williams. I, I thought that that was a very strong performance in a in a uh, in a film that desperately needed that. Even though the main character would be uh, the sur surname uh, person for Steven Spielberg, I don't even remember what his name was in the in the Fablemans. Even though it's a stand-in for him, even though it's supposed to be about him, I thought Michelle Williams and uh, and Paul Dano both really really bring stakes to the film, especially Michelle Williams. I, I think for a, a, a character that has a lot going on underneath the, the surface, I thought Michelle Williams did a great performance. However, I believe Michelle Yeoh will win and also gives a worthy performance of the win. Professor, whose performance did you enjoy the most? Well, that's a different question, but... Um, okay. I mean, whose performance did I enjoy the most? Then I'll go in with Michelle Williams. I don't think she's going to win. I would like to see it sentimentally, but... Um, I, I've been of the mind, as again, most of Hollywood for the last couple months, thinking this was Kate Blanchett's to lose. But with the rising tide of everything all everywhere all at once of late, and the fact that Michelle Yeoh just won the uh, SAG Award, uh, I'm not so sure now. So I, I, I'm still going to go with, I think Kate Blanchett's going to win. Um, I thought that was an amazing performance. I don't, again, I don't want to take anything away from Michelle Yeoh. I I, is it Yao or Yo? I don't even know how to say it, Yo. Anyway, I, I like her work. I, I like her in other stuff. Um, I just, I didn't feel like it stood out. I think she's riding the wave of the movie. And I know we're not talking about supporting actors, but I kind of feel that way about them as well. Hmm. I'm going with Kate Blanchett. That's my answer. But I won't be shocked at all if uh, Michelle Yao sneaks in and takes it home. David? I think that there, there's, there's strong performances across the board in this category, unlike with the actor category. I, I loved Kate Blanchett and Tar. Andrea Riseborough is probably the weakest of the bunch, but that being said, like, there's just nothing. There's nothing. It's a great performance. The, the movie itself is kind of cookie cutter, and that kind of takes me out of it a bit. Uh, Michelle Williams for The Fablemans, amazing. Loved it. Michelle Yeoh, I, I just don't know that there's anything spectacular about the acting. Like, I, I don't think that there's anything that makes me go, wow, what a performance. It's a great performance, but, but with, uh, with, Michelle Williams, certainly, with Kate Blanchett especially, but more so than anything, Ana de Armas, and I know I'm biased. I, I, I'm in love with <laughs> oh, this woman. There's never been a man more biased in, in this country. I thought she was snubbed for Knives Out. I thought that was an amazing performance that was worthy of a nomination. Maybe not a win, but a nomination. That was an amazing, amazing performance. I, the movie sucks. I, I, I hated the movie. I, it was just... Blonde, you're talking tiresome, about. Yeah, blonde. It yeah. was a tiresome movie, and it... it it told a story, well, it barely told a story, but it, it focused all on the trauma of Marilyn Monroe's life, which was obviously an important aspect of the, the story that's being told without ever telling us who she was beyond that, really. That's how I felt about the movie. But the performance, I thought, was astonishing. And yes, you can still hear that she's got an accent, but that actually surprisingly didn't bother me as much because everything else that she was doing was outstanding, in my opinion. And so... I would love for her to win. I mean, I don't think that she necessarily will. In fact, I, I, I doubt that she will. If there's but, an upset, it's not going to be Ana de Armas, my friend. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think so. No, I, I do think it'll probably be Kate Blanchett. But I would oh, hope for okay. it to be Ana. Okay. All right, guys. Uh, we have reached the end of the categories here. But it is, of course, the pinnacle. It is the peak. Uh, we are going with best picture category. 
And of course, the movie that we are going to give a synopsis of is Triangle of Sadness. Now, David, give us the true 10-word synopsis of Triangle of Sadness. Power is held by those who are perceived as powerful. Okay. Jenny, what is your synopsis for the Triangle of Sadness? So my brain went to uh, another movie called Triangle, and it's a horror movie. Um, So Mm. this is what I thought it would be. A solo fishing captain solves the mystery behind an abandoned cruise ship in the Atlantic Ocean. Okay. I will... Both are very intriguing, and I think if I were to actually choose a movie not knowing the contents within, I think I would choose Jenny's because the first one, it, it has wasn't too, much of a description. Yeah, it's too rife for. I would choose Jenny's interpretation. Yeah, I love well, Triangle of Sadness, but I would probably choose if based on those just yeah. based on these descriptions. Yes, I would choose Jenny's. Professor, let's see, um, Professor. I'm gonna uh, split the uh, split the difference. I I, I liked them both, um, but um, and I, like I said, I, I like the way uh, David pitches. But I'm not keen on mysteries that much. But I thought Jenny's was a tick stronger. So a tick stronger. Is it all three. Woo! Yes. yes! <laughs> all three. Jenny has taken home the, the prize. All right. That is actually Jenny? a great movie, by the way. Triangle. It was released in 2009. I do recommend that. Um, All right. Go watch it later. Focus listening well, at if home. You had said, if you had said your description was a horror movie instead of a mystery, I would have said no. I'm going with David because I don't oh, do horror. Okay, you yeah, don't like no. horror movies? Ah, oh, dang it. No. That's all right. Well, well it's, it's more of a there mystery. There we go. She, that's true. she already got the vote, so that's it. That she can't take it back. Uh, but let us go to uh, the major, the major category here, and strap in, folks. There's a lot here for the nominees. Oh, wow. All quiet on the Western Front. Avatar, The Way of Water, The Banshees of Inishirin, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. Now, I cannot imagine a world, Jenny, where you have not seen at least Top Gun Maverick because I feel like everybody's seen that movie at least once, probably three times, and one of those three times is with your Avatar, I would would assume? Mm, Yeah, I'm guessing that she's seen Avatar. Zero. I've seen zero. You've seen none. You've seen Top Gun. No. Aren't you an actress? Listen. The majority of the content that my brain likes to absorb is horror movies. I. That's that's the time that I give for watching movies is horror movies. So I haven't. I haven't had the time or the chance to see any of these. Zero. But I will say that, again, everything, everywhere, all at once, I hear nothing but amazing things about that movie. And I see that they are sweeping award season right now. So it just makes sense in my head that they would take that best picture prize. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. Uh, So out of the the entire category, I've seen uh, uh, the majority of these. I I, I will say I'm not even going to count it because that will take its own time. It, I, I think the true, usually in, in all the contenders, they usually do one, it's an honor to be nominated. I truly don't see how Avatar The Way of Water was was here. This is like last <laughs> year's Dune. Like, look, again, if, if whenever we see like a Broadway show, right, you you can see what type of show it's going to be. Is it a is it a singing type of musical? Is it like where it's like supposed to really showcase uh, the singers within the show? Is it an acting performance where it's all set in like one place and then you're just supposed to be entranced by the acting? Or is it like a technical show like Ghost where where there's special effects galore and so you're honoring and recognizing 
recognizing the special effects. I suppose Avatar is just you're you're appreciating the technical marvel that it is. And that's great. That's wonderful. But truly, truly, it's not a film that even works on its own, I would say. It it's a film that is just a, a technical marvel. And I I I I think if we're going to be doing this uh, as far, as part of the Academy of recognizing blockbusters, there are better blockbusters that you could have had represent. I mean, even Cocaine Bear. I just recently saw that. I know that would not be up for contention this week. And I'm not saying it's worthy of this, but I would rather recognize something like that where it has an original story and something that's not just pumped full of, of promotional funds to, to be recognized. That's my little spiel here. Who do I think will actually win everything everywhere all at once? I've said this, I've stated this for the entirety of the year, favorite film of the year, favorite film of, of possibly like the past five years. I think it's so innovative. I think it's, it's resonant, resonant for those who, who, who it does go to. Uh, I think it's wholly unique. I think that as a, as a film, I, it stuck with me. It sticks with me. It's such a pleasure to watch. I've rewatched it recently and I, I, I grew a new appreciation for it, knowing what I was going into everything everywhere all at once. Can't say enough about it. It should win. I think it will win. I'm glad it will. Uh, David. So you've got 10 movies here. Uh, you've got your All Quiet on the Rest in Front, great war picture about the men on the ground. And uh, I have a lot of respect for for that movie. Uh, Avatar The Way of Water. I mean, it is truly, I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was filmed in, a, they used new technology, blah, blah, blah. So as far as innovation and doing something for filmmaking. I mean, it is truly like, like if you look back at the, in the 1930s, the original King Kong, I mean, that, that did, that changed filmmaking uh, in a way. And, and, and this is kind of doing the same thing for blockbuster movies and cinema and blah, blah, blah. So it really was, I mean, if you look, if you think about it as a cinematic experience, it really was worthy of something. Uh, the Banshees is kind of your classic over the last, like at least 30 years, Oscar movie. Elvis 2, you know, your bio, biopic, whatever. Everything Everywhere, like you said, Philip, very unique, wonderful. The Fablemans, another sort of, you know, Hollywood patting itself on the back. Um, and then you've got Tar, again. Top Gun Maverick, people say it saved cinema. I don't know that I I, I want to be so hyperbolic, but, but I mean, it really was a, a great movie to watch in the cinema, and I, and I think that that's important. Triangle of Sadness, I think, is my favorite. Oh, and, and Women Talking as well is, is uh, you know, a very well-written movie, but but I don't think there's anything that special about it. Triangle of Sadness, I think, was my favorite of, of these, of this 10, right? Uh, and for, for in its own way, Top Gun Maverick, even though I'm not the biggest Tom Cruise fan, also was, there's a lot to say about that. But I, I'm going to go with Triangle of Sadness. I don't think it'll win, but I think Triangle of Sadness is my favorite. And I don't, I don't know that I want to pick a winner, I'm just gonna go with trying to. Because you know it's gonna be everything, movie. everywhere, all at once. David. No, I don't. I don't know that. I really, truly don't. Oh know come that. on! Um, no, I, I'm not sure that that'll win Best Picture. Honestly, we we definitely right, we, just, we don't know until the actual ceremony happens. It, it can be unpredictable like that. It it truly can. It really can. I I could I could see one of the blockbusters winning it. I could see Elvis winning it. I could see Tar winning it. I could see. I could see Avatar winning it. I don't want it to. No, do, no, no way Avatar wins. It. I don't think anybody no wants Avatar, Avatar to win. I don't think it's no. likely. And no, there's no way. There's no way Avatar wins. I would bet anything. But on I don't. That. I don't see how you're saying it's so certain that everything, everywhere, all at once is going to win this award. Look, in a world where Shakespeare and Love has won a Best Picture, especially over uh, We Were Soldiers. I under or not We Were Soldiers. Uh, 
Save it, Private Ryan. Thank you, thank you. Uh, in well, a world where that exists, perhaps, perhaps. But Professor, do do you not agree with me th- uh, that everything, everywhere, all at once is is slated to win this? Uh, yeah, I do agree with you. And um, you know, first of all, let me say because you know I have this conversation every year around Oscar time. There's what I think will win, what I want to win, and what I should win are never always the same movie. Sometimes they are. But those are three different questions and three different categories. So Hmm. what I think will win is exactly what Philip said. Everything, everywhere, all at once is uh, sort of the darling of the season. The wave has even risen even more of late. Um, It kind of reminds me, not not in terms of concept or anything, but of the artist a few years ago where it was just Hmm. so unique and different um, that it just popped up to the top. Um, So I, I think ultimately... Um, the Academy is going to reward that. What I want to win, again, sentimental favorite, The Fablemans. Um, and that had a little bit momentum a few months ago, but it's really lost it. So I think it's kind of off the track now. What I think might should win is Banshees. Um, I thought that was really, really? strong all the way Great around. Storytelling. Great storytelling. Great storytelling. storytelling. Just in terms of everything, the acting, the writing, the cinematography, the directing, all of it. I'll tell you, the last film on this list that I saw... So it might be a little recency bias was all quiet on the Western front. And if, if this were 30 or 40 years ago, I might say that's the picture because that's a, a traditional old school Academy war picture. Uh, and it was fantastic. I love the, the score. The, 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 score. Well, the score actually I love the was score. unique. I don't know how much I liked it because I remember thinking this is sticking out a little bit, but, just, but, but it, it, fair point. It's uh, the, like the, the, the feel it. I, I don't know. It just sort of it resonated with me, the score. Well, yeah, but the one thing I do want to mention about this category, first of all, uh, two things, I guess. I don't have a problem with the blockbusters being in there. I don't think they have a shot to win. Um, Avatar, uh, uh, Maverick, and even Elvis, if we want to throw that in as a a blockbuster, I guess you know that's on the fence. But um, So if you're having 10 movies and you want to throw two or three uh, blockbusters or popular films, those are kind of worthy for some reasons that we've already mentioned. The thing that's the biggest bummer for me in this category is the omission of RRR. And that's the biggest problem I have here. And I, I it's an even bigger problem that it's not nominated for Best International Picture. Um, and that's, you know, the country's own fault for not nominating it. Uh, but I thought that was a fabulous and unique picture. Um, and it easily should be, if we're having 10 nominees in the Best Picture category. And that's the biggest travesty to me is that that's not in there. There may be a cultural reason behind this, or just a, a different, a lack of understanding. But I thought that movie was trash. <laughs> oh, just, wow. We okay. reviewed it on the podcast. We oddly have an episode. Yeah, me and David, talk. me and David, throughout the year, without, I mean, we don't know what gains momentum, what does, but we we both had uh, organically reviewed RRR and Triangle of Sadness, well, soft review, uh, Triangle of Sadness. We just happened to stumble upon those two, not knowing that these were going to be uh, within the contention or, or talking about- Or for in the, the conversation, at least. In the conversation, even. So it's it's odd that, that those would be, and obviously RRR is not, but um, I would I would say that I lean more with you, Professor, where I, I rather enjoyed it. I thought the third act was scooch long, but that's about it. Uh, the rest of it, I, I really enjoyed how, how expansive- it was and uh, well i didn't know anything going into it so it was, i was complete blind slate uh and my jaw was dropping after the first you know 15 minutes um yeah. so you know I, I mean 
whether it would have won or not, I, 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 let me step back a second. I'm not saying it's the best picture of the year. I'm no. saying it should be included in Nominate. the 10. Uh, and, and, and that's where I, I'm, I, I feel there's a, a, a failure there. But that's me. We have covered the majority and the major stuff of the Oscars. Of course, there's all there's more categories that we could have gotten into that we should yeah. have gotten Hit into. Hit me up in my DMs and we can talk about the other categories. There we go. Yes, they deserve to be talked about. It's not that they're not important, <laughs> they but we, this is uh, this is the majority of what we could self indulge in. So thank you for you listening. Now, Professor, can we uh, can we trouble you to stick around for a game? Would that be all right with you? Sure, that's fine. All right, guys, let's move along. Here we go for Bite Me. Bite Me is our mini segment this week. And we are going to uh, we're going to give you an opinion that we hold that uh, we think is uh, maybe not uh, not so hot or it's uh, a little too hot, too controversial. Philip, why don't you go first? The decimal level of your car's engine is not a direct comparison to the measurement of your manhood. In fact, most of the time, there's usually a negative comparison in that regard. But no one thinks you are cool revving your engine going down a street just to stop and catch a speed bump and then go to the next one and then catch another speed bump. Literally no one. And if you disagree with me, you can bite me. All right. Miley Cyrus recently released a song in response to Liam Hemsworth, apparently dedicating a Bruno Mars song to her or something. I only know this because social media was obsessing over it for weeks. Who the hell cares? Seriously, why do people care about this crap? If you like the song, enjoy the song. Personally, I don't care for it. But anything beyond that is such a snooze of an excuse for intrigue. My God. Bite me if you think that's nonsense. <laughs> well, I'm for my, my opinion here that I'm inserting into this Bite Me segment today, I just want to say that I think everybody pretty much agrees with me. But listen, if you don't agree with me, bite me. Because you know what? Die Hard is a Christmas movie. You can't say Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. I'm sorry. Let's talk about it. This plot wouldn't even have happened if there wasn't a Christmas party. You think they would have come stomping in these terrorists to steal from this building, from this company on Thanksgiving? No, on New Year's, no, it's just not the same. And Bruce Willis wouldn't have been there. Like, come on, man. Because of the, exactly. the fact that this happens during the Christmas holiday, this movie wouldn't even have existed. So if you disagree True. with me, bite me. I, you know, I, I do think we should talk about this. I, I, I oh agree completely. No, no, <laughs> we're going to talk about it. Jenny, you are hitting the nail on the head. Because people say... It's not. It just happens at Christmas. It's not about Christmas. Well, then guess what? Home Alone's not a Christmas movie either. In that case, there, bam, exactly. It's not about Thank Christmas. You. There you go. <laughs> the game section is brought to you today by Sassy Mama Sales. Want to get a blast from the past with a fine vintage item, or maybe need a new blender or other household item? Go to eBay and search Sassy Mama's Sales, located within the eBay stores page for all the greatest finds you'll want for every occasion. Sassy Mama's Sales, all one word, all your shopping in one stop. Well, welcome to the game session. S section. 
Well, welcome to the game section. Uh, we're rejoined by Professor Fortunato, and we're going to play a little game. But first, Professor, we don't know you that well, especially Jenny and I. We would like to get to know you a little bit. So we've prepared a few questions for you. So I'll go first. My question for you, Professor, is, you know, I initially had something film related and I actually I changed it because I thought, let's get to know the man behind the films. <laughs> what is the adventure of your life that you have not had yet? Somewhere where you want to go, perhaps? You know, I'm not a big traveler, I'll be honest with you. But uh, given that I'm traveling, uh, well, given that, well, then to the moon, you know, but uh, um, (laughs) given that that I'm uh, uh, Italian, uh, I do sort of feel like I need to make a trip to Italy. And, you know, most Uh, of my relatives have been and I feel like I'm sort of the only one that hasn't. And uh, I, I feel like that's I don't really have a bucket list, per se. But uh, I feel like that's sort of something that I should be doing that uh, I, I haven't done yet is, is uh, make it true. I have this, this um, you know, sort of fantasy in my head that I'll, I'll get off the bus in Italy and I'll, I'll, I'll point to myself and go, Fortunato! And the people in the crowd will go, hey, and come here, you know, and it'll be like family or something. <laughs> Honestly, I think that's I, a movie, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but that's, uh, that's I honestly was hoping for the, uh, for the exact same experience because my family's from, all, we're all originating from like Germany, Holland. So we, we touched down in Dresden. That's where my ancestors walked. So I was like, uh-huh. family? And obviously everyone's like looking at me weird, but it's just like walking on the steps of where my family used to roam. I was like, this is a pretty cool moment. So I wish that same moment for you. Yeah, so is that's that's my uh, adventure in waiting. All right, then I will go ahead and do my question. What was the first movie you saw that changed your perspective on life? Well, that's a good question, but an easy one for me because mm-hmm. uh, I, I answer this a lot. And uh, I tell my students this story a lot. And for those who know me, uh, know that Jaws is my favorite movie. Oh! Um, Jaws is the answer to that. And uh, briefly, the story is um, my mom took me to see Jaws when I was eight years old. Uh, so we can question her parenting skills about that. But, uh, <laughs> uh, so, you know, we, she told me she took me to see Jaws when I was eight years old at the Lynn Theater in Akron, Ohio. I remember the place. It's still it's not there anymore. But um, at eight years old, I'm old enough to understand that this is lights on a screen. I get that. I get the concept. But when I got home that night, I didn't want to get in the bathtub. I didn't want to sit on a toilet. I didn't want to go in my cousin's pool. Uh, I didn't want to go on on the family trip to Myrtle Beach. So I was immediately struck by the power of storytelling, that lights on a screen could actually affect my life. Uh, And uh, pun intended, I was hooked. And, um, uh, (laughs) you know, so that's the moment I knew this is what I wanted to do with my life is tell stories in some way. Now that took on a million different permutations, you know, throughout my life and career. But, uh, you know, it's still why I, you know, I was a writer for a while. Now I, I teach film and study film. So, uh, it's, it's jaws is ground zero for me. Professor, was there ever another possible career for you that didn't touch on film that you were interested in or even pursued? Well, having an Italian father, uh, he wanted me to be a doctor or a lawyer. Um, and I kind of liked the idea of, of law, and I, I thought I might be good at it. But, um, you know, like I said, when I was eight, I, that was that was my hook. And, and uh, I came from suburban Ohio. I didn't have any f- family or friends in the entertainment industry, so I was a complete outlier on that. 
um, all my families are, uh, all my family or most of my family are teachers. So it's ironic that, you know, the joke in the family as well, it took you 20 years to go into the family business, um, after a, a detour in Hollywood. But to answer your question, and you're going to laugh at this, but the, the thing I put on my, uh, you know, the yearbook in high school, and, and it was sort of a joke, but sort of not is I wanted to be a talk show host, um, a talk show and, host, uh, a talk show host. I grew up idolizing Johnny Carson and David Letterman. And uh, I said, that's, that's great. You get, you know, I mean, you get to go on TV every night, you get to have conversations with amazing people. Um, you make a lot of money. I, 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 I it, it, it didn't seem like that hard of work to me. I know, I know I'm a little <laughs> naive now, um, you know, putting on a show every night's really a tremendous amount of work, but, uh, but anyway, so that was my, that would be my answer. I wanted to be a talk show host. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, uh, I've prepared a game for us today. And uh, Professor, you're going to be playing against one of our other hosts, Jenny or Philip. I wonder, who's it going to be? Did, how, how do we decide this? Uh, the Professor can pick. Oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> All right, well, right. then I'll choose. <laughs> professor, you're going to play against Philip. All right. All right. Just because uh, you are, at the end of the day, his guest, so I figure it makes the most sense, uh, rather than choosing eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Well, the since I don't know is, what the game actually is, I have no strategy at stake. So well, I don't it's film-related. <laughs> so I have for you five films, and I want you to name the the actor who was snubbed for an Oscar, as in never was never even nominated for, for that role. Oh, okay. okay. Now, uh, the, for example, I could give you the movie... A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, which came out a few years ago. Uh, Tom Hanks was nominated for that movie. Fine. For playing uh, Mr. What's his name? Mr. Rogers? Mr. Rogers, yes. The true performance in that movie came from Matthew Reese, who played the lead role in that movie, and it was amazing. And uh, fun fact, I met Matthew Reese. He's a very nice guy. <laughs> so the, the, you could, in theory, say, oh, Bobby Stevens, he played the, the store clerk in the one scene. That's not going to be correct. There might be multiple answers in your own opinion, but I'm looking for a particular actor, and if you do not name that actor, you do not get the question correct. So it could okay. be lead actor or supporting actor. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Could be. Uh, now, of course, uh, some of these are my opinion. Four of, four out of the five are well agreed that these sh these actors should have at least gotten a nomination for these roles. So you're just going to have to buzz in with your name, so the first person who gets it will get the point. Okay. Fair enough. I will warn you, uh, or 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 uh, I'll give the uh, the uh, disclaimer. I'm I'm not always good at remembering these things and these names, so uh, hopefully I'll be able to pull something out of my hat here. Well, uh, well, Philip is chomping at the bit. Then, okay. all right, your first movie, Quentin Tarantino, Django Unchained. Philip, Philip, Christoph Waltz as the the dentist bounty hunter. Nope, incorrect. Hmm. The field is open. Uh, Jamie Foxx. Nope. Who was uh, who was the answer, David? You don't want to keep guessing? No, uh, no, just guess. Yeah. I mean, All it's right, a famous David. actor. I'm trying to, I can't even pull it out of my head. Uh, Leonardo. <laughs> the, the correct answer was Samuel L. Jackson. Well, uh. widely agreed to, to have been completely snubbed for that supporting role in that movie. Our next film. So no points on that question. See, that's Our a good example. I was having trouble pulling up Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio, so that's how bad right. I am. Jenny, did you, have, uh, <laughs> did you have any inkling with that one? 
Uh, my brain went to Leo, but it it mm. for, I need me to rewatch that movie to be honest with you. But I do remember Samuel L. Jackson's performance was in particular really good. So that's I didn't know that he was snubbed. Yeah. That's shocking. Christoph Waltz was nominated. Ah, for best, uh, best I actor thought Leo was nominated. Role. That's that's why I was um yeah. So so yeah, it was uh, no nominations. If these wow. people have been nominated, then they weren't really snubbed. Okay. Our second movie is perhaps easier the shining joe yes joe jack nicholson is correct point to professor ah well done one point our third movie uncut gems philip joe oh i heard joe i heard i heard you first phil uh sorry uh professor uh well i'll just say adam sandler Adam Sandler. Yeah, another easy one. And that one for me was like, I was very surprised to, to have not seen him nominated. Our fourth movie, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Philip. Talent. That's got to be Nicolas Cage. It's got to be Nicolas Cage. Now, this one is truly just my own opinion. But truly, that man, I, I commend him for for perverting and and stretching the who who we all perceive to be Nicolas Cage in the real world. And turning it into a wonderful acting performance. I have to see that one. It's again on you the do. list. You do, you do, Professor. It's very I good. It is two to really one. Bad. Two to one. To Professor Fortunato, we go to our final film. I need this to tie. You need this to tie. Pirates of the Caribbean. Philip. Philip. Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. How yes. did that man never get acknowledged for that role? I thought I think it's some of the best acting of the 21st century, and uh, absolutely, Johnny Depp, two points apiece, and we have a tie, which means we go to our tiebreaker. Which can is, I just say, as a side note, oh, same same could be applied to to Jeffrey Rush as Captain Barbosa. Ab- yes, absolutely. absolutely, absolutely. But which one you think of first? I guess it would be Johnny Depp. Yes, yes, agreed, agreed. Okay, I'm uh, I'm pulling this straight out of my ass. Uh, because I did not prepare a tiebreaker. I expected somebody to dominate this game. I'm going to give you one of those five movies, and I want, uh, Philip, you first, to try to guess the runtime in minutes. Okay. As close <laughs> Big as Brother tiebreaker. Now, then, yeah, then, <laughs> Professor, you're going to uh, you're gonna go second, and uh, whoever is closer will win. In minutes, okay. Sound fair? In minutes. Say, well, you got, can say hours. And we, I can I can do the math in my head. So just give me oh, a runtime. Good. good. Okay. Good, the good. movie I want uh, I want you to give me a runtime for is The Shining. Have you both seen it? I have. I actually recently saw it uh, within Ooh. the past couple months. So it hasn't wow. been super recent, but uh, not not years. Uh, I don't think it's that. Uh, I don't think it's terribly long. I'm gonna go with a hundred and seven minutes. 107 minutes. Okay. Professor? I can't just bend one dollar like the uh, price you is right. Can do, you can do <laughs> one minute. You want. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not going over. I'm going to go a little higher than that. I'm going to say two hours and five minutes. Two hours and five minutes. Okay. You guys have, uh, you guys have, uh, how do I put this? You've split it. It's in the middle. I have to do a little quick math here. Philip, you said 107, and yes, and Professor, you said 125. So that's an hour 40 for Philip. Yeah, hour 47. Hour 47. 
Well, Philip, you were eight minutes off. And Professor, you were 10 minutes off, which means that, Philip, you win. It's an hour and 55 minutes. Yeah, baby. Wait. For the Close shining? as it could have been. For the shining. The runtime? The runtime. Uh oh, what did Jenny think it was? The horror queen. Is it the shining like two hours and 30 minutes? Not according to Google. <laughs> what I'm looking at right in front of me. I don't know what Google you're looking at. <laughs> because I thought the movie was. Isn't The Shining super long? No, I don't think no. it is. I don't think so either. The Shining, starring Jack Nicholson. Yes, yes. that's The Shining. Yeah. Okay, well. <laughs> We're blowing I Jenny's must, mind in, in, in a tiebreaker. I must have seen some special extended edition because the movie is je- like the, the the uncut edition. I'm sure there's like the theatrical version that we're talking about. But the yeah, real version the, the, is the like real, two hours version. and 30 minutes. Okay. All right. I'm sorry, <laughs> but this is the theatrical version. <laughs> all right. Well, well, there you go. So, Philip, you do pull away with a win there. Yeah, Professor, well, you know, I will say, just to, for the record here. Jenny's right, according to IMDb. <laughs> it's two hours and 26 minutes. But Oh, I am seeing that. How interesting. Don't make me question my horror movie knowledge, David. This movie is long as hell. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So did I <laughs> not win that? I think, I think, you know, I think Jenny's just opened up Pandora's box here. I do think I have to give the win to Professor. Oh, no. According to IMDb, IMDb is the, the, the foremost database of movies i i think i have to go with the imdb length here which is two hours and 26 minutes all right so congratulations professor go. thank goodness Sorry, i didn't Phil. yeah thank god i didn't showboat too much there jenny here <laughs> yeah well uh, thank goodness i didn't showboat too much so the professor could give it all back to me so thank you uh professor for for you know kicking my ass and then coming on the pod and discussing some movies what a better way to thank spend you. your love, uh, your weekend i love being here thanks for having me Thank you, Professor, and uh, and a heart heart warm uh, thank you from all of us. Let's all, so, uh, let's all yeah, good luck yes, on your Oscar ballots, you. everybody. So with that loss, we are still with me, Philip, having a win, and the only one still on the board. Whoop whoop. Here we go for that slaps. It's our uh, final, final little ditty in the show where we are going to, uh, where we're going to just get recommend something to you. And for me, for me, I, I, I really wanted to to come up with a movie for this week because it is Oscar week. But the fact is that the, the movies that I've seen in the last like several days have not been have not been as good. I, I think I, I watched all the really great ones last week, you know, and and so I'm just gonna go with. Because I don't really have a song either, so I'm going to go with Marcel the Shell with shoes on. How what dare a you. unique and interesting, a unique and interesting way to tell a story. I thought it was really fun, and yeah, I think it slaps. How dare should, I? Yeah, that should be your bite me. I hated that film. I love you that it's. It? I hated it. I love that it's a A24 film and helps uh, be an advocate for pushing forth innovative innovation and originality in in films, and, and that's what A24 stands for. So I'm glad on that account. But that's it. That's where it ends. I was so disappointed by that film. So incredibly disappointed. And honestly, that's where it stems from. But so disappointed. I thought well, it could maybe have been it's so just much I also really love a mockumentary. Yeah, maybe. 
Uh, I guess that, that segues to me. I will go also to uh, an Oscar film that I saw recently that I teased last week, but I will now pay off. Guys, uh, whenever you're looking at the short film animated, so there really is no excuse not to go see it. Go and make yourself available to a film that I think should win the category, and I unfortunately don't think it will because it's going to lose to marketing and, and uh, another film within this category. But within the short film for the animated section, so meaning you don't have to commit that much time to it, please, please go watch the film Ice Merchants. I thought it was tremendous. I thought it told a story. I always appreciate a, a film or a, a movie that can tell it's in the entirety of the story without any dialogue. I think that just shows the prowess of, of storytelling. And I thought that the animation style was wholly unique. Uh, a wonderful, wonderful film. I found myself invested very early on. Loved the film. Loved the film. Ice Merchants. That slaps. For my This Slaps segment this week, I have not seen any movies, so I can't contribute in that category. But I will contribute another song. I've recently stumbled upon an artist named Devin Cole. Um, she got really popular on TikTok last year for a song that is abbreviated Witch. Um, for those who haven't uh, heard it, it's a lovely little ditty about... It's a female anthem... Um, female empowerment and a lot of the lyrics uh, clever um, are clever takes on um, witchcraft and I just think it's got a great little tune it's very uh, makes you want to bop your shoulders uh, I did discover a new song though from her uh, from her list of greats uh, there's a song called Hey Cowboy that came out last year in October and uh, it's a great song I've been jamming to it all weekend I'm going to a lot of birthday parties and it's a great one to get together with whoever you're partying with and just get down and dance. So go listen to Hey Cowboy. It's a fun one. Well, that brings our podcast to a close. But before we go, we're going to say a few thank yous. First of all, to Cass and Crossland and to Jake Corlang for the music that you hear on the show. Thanks to Ryan Ardell. And thanks to Josh Hans for their audio contributions that you're hearing throughout the show. And thank you to you, the listener, yes, you listening right now for tuning in and uh, and supporting us. And so we are obviously we're under a new name, a new a new poster will be coming soon. And but we've got so much more fun to have uh, under this new name. And we're heading in a direction that we think is really fun and exciting. So recommend us to your friends. We're just ev just about everywhere where you find your podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on on Apple podcasts. Uh, we're just, we're not on Pandora because screw you, Pandora. The Oscar does not go to you. So, Rebecca, what do you think is going to be the, the winner for Best Director this year? Oh, you know what? I'm really feeling good about, you know, the, the, the popular vote this year is definitely for everything, every bear all at once. But, you know, I got to say the Fable Bears might be the contender to take the prize. Mm -hmm.